0: Take your Bibles and turn. Oh, I gotta find my notes here. Turn to the book of First Timothy, First Timothy, chapter six, and verse twelve. First Timothy six twelve. Boy, my voice is so on edge today. I was I stunned Daniel before church this week at camp. I really had to hold back because. I get all, you know, I like getting involved in all the games and the excitement and screaming and hollering. And I thought I can't do that this week. I'm supposed to preach, you know, two times every day. And I thought I, my voice will be so trashed. But uh, I kind of held back and I was kind of on edge all week. I did fine, but today I can really feel it going. I think after tonight, uh, it's going to be a good thing. I'm not going to be preaching until next week because my voice can't handle much more. But First Timothy chapter six. Verse 12, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Notice that verse there, it says fight the good fight. One thing that we're seeing today in churches is people, if they do fight, there's a lot of fighting going on in churches, but it's usually not the good fight. It's usually the bad fight. Uh, you know let 's fight fight over what color carpet we should have you know let 's fight over uh, you know which bible we should use let 's fight over you know all these stupid things like you know fighting over you know uh, what to bring to fellowships and things you know i 've heard stories about people getting mad because two ladies made the same thing, and sometimes you'll have one lady uh, i 've known people that will do things like if they somebody's made the same thing they will they 'll like go and put it somewhere else or put theirs in a spot where people are more likely to take it and Oh boy, that kind of thing, man. I could, that could cause some serious fighting. I heard a preacher tell a story one time. He he went to go preach at a church somewhere, and he shows up at the church, and there's like a knockdown, dragout fight going on with two ladies in the church, and uh, one of the ladies was the pastor's wife, and according to them, they were fighting because I guess their kids gotten into some kind of fight in the nursery, and <laughs> the moms they just you know they got mad and started arguing, and just just started fighting. That's not the good fight. That's not, that's not the good fight. But we are supposed to be in a fight, but it's, it's supposed to be the good fight. And many people they don't they don't want to get involved in that. They want to stay away from it. And there was a there was a preacher many years ago. His name was J. Frank Norris, well known Baptist preacher from down in Fort Worth, Texas. In fact, he was the pastor of the First Baptist Church there in the early 1900s, and he was known as the fighting fiery preacher and the church family uh, that they had accept that accepted him knew that he would come to pastor the church with a fighting visionary spirit to do something great for God 300 people voted on him and 299 of those people voted for him but there was one voter that voted against him and he wrote the explanation for why he didn't vote for him on the ballot and this, I quote, this is a quote. It says, if He comes here, there will be the most all-fired explosion that any church has ever seen. We are at peace with the world, the flesh, and the devil, and each other. I'm warning you. <laughs> now, I look at that as a huge compliment. Because the truth is, we're supposed to be in a fight against those things. And he's like, we're at peace right now. We're at peace with the world. Everybody's—you know—nobody's mad at us. You know, we're at peace with the flesh. We're all happy right now. We've got everything we need. Everything's going great. You know, we've got enough to eat. We've got nice houses and all these things. And we're at peace with the devil. I didn't realize we were supposed to make peace with him. I—I I, I didn't realize that that was what we were called to do. And he says, you know, we're at peace with each other. And he says, I'm warning you. And sure enough, they, you know, 299 to 1, he got voted in. He came in and built a great church there that did a lot of great things. I mean, great man of God. But um, the truth is we're not called to live in peace with the world, the flesh, and the devil. We're called to fight. We're supposed to fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. This morning we sang all you know spiritual warfare songs. The fight is on. I, I love that song. And we can have a fighting spirit when it comes to uh, that good fight. A good fighting spirit. But at the same time, we don't want to have the bad fighting spirit. We need to learn to tell the difference between the two. But I want us to talk about these three things. The peace with the world, the flesh, and the devil. Because we're supposed to be in a fight with those things. So I'm not talking about... Picking a fight here. I'm not, going to go, I'm not telling you after church tonight, I want you to go out on the street. I want you to find somebody that's worldly and just start arguing with them if you need to. you know, Maybe punch them or you know, knock them down or something. I'm not saying that. Uh, I'm not saying we're going to go out and start some arguments. Uh, I, I told you all about the Westboro Baptist Church that they're always just trying to find somebody to fight with. And those people, I wish they'd change the name of their church because they're some of the scum of the earth. But uh, I'm not talking about that. But I want us to look at some of these things. So and we need to understand what they are, because that statement that he made, while most people would never come out and say, hey, we're at peace with the world, the flesh, and especially with the devil. Most people won't say that, but you will find a lot of people that are at peace in those areas. And they don't like it when somebody comes along and rocks the boat and motivates finding those things. So what is peace? With the world, what is that? You know, we talked this morning in the morning service about not loving the world and neither the things that are in the world. And the truth is, to be at peace with the world is to be at war with God. James chapter four. If you want to turn your Bibles over there, I want to show you a passage. James chapter four. We think, well, I'm not. I'm not an enemy of God, but I'm not an enemy of the world either. You know, I, I can be at peace. With both? Well, no, you can't. You know, people think that they could just choose that middle ground. And the truth is there is no middle ground. As we see here in James 4, verse 4 ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship of the world is enmity enmity with God. Whosoever there will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do you think that the Scripture saith in vain, The Spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But he giveth more grace. Wherefore, he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore, unto, er, therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. That's the problem when people say they're at peace of the world and that they are at peace with God, they're double-minded. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. They're what we call wishy-washy or they're fickle. They're always back and forth and they never really know where they are. They got one foot in the world and they got another foot in the church and they're they're trying to just be at peace. And usually those people are the ones who live in the greatest turmoil. I mean, they're right in the midst of a battle. That they cannot possibly win. And the truth is you've got to choose your sides. And the Bible says in this passage that we need to draw nigh to God. And He will draw nigh to you. We need to cleanse ourselves. When we do and when we do these things, God's going to help you. And God, you'll always you're always going to be at war. But you can be victorious. And listen, war is never a fun thing. Doing battle is never a fun thing. But you know what? If we're going to be in a battle, and you are in a battle whether you like it or not, it's a whole lot better to be on the side of the victor. The one who's going to win. The one who is winning. And when we get on God's side, we're still going to be involved in a fight, but at least we'll be winning. At least we're going to, I mean, I, you know, fighting, I said, not something that I am really into. Uh, I'd rather not have people swinging at me and punching me and all those things. But you know what? It would be a lot, it would be I guess a lot more fun fighting if you were the one winning and you're the one that's got the guy down and you know you're kicking him and you know beating on him and things like that. But it wouldn't be fun to be the one got the one on the ground. Laying in that fetal position and just doing what you can to protect yourself. And the truth is spiritually that's where people are who have not taken sides, who will not get up And take that stand and get in the fight, you're just gonna lay there and you're gonna have everybody just kicking at you and they're not gonna leave the world the devil's not gonna leave you alone. He's not. And we don't want you don't want to give up. You need to get involved in the fight. He says friendship with the world is enmity with God. If you think I can compromise, I can be friends with the world, then you're just declaring war on God. That word enmity. It's the same word that was used uh, when God cursed the serpent. He said, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. And there's something, part of that, the curse of that snake. God put something in man that makes us hate snakes. Where whenever we see them, we want to kill them. <laughs> it's not, we don't like each other. You know, them snakes, man, they're creepy and they bite and. And You see them, you want you want to stop their head. It's natural. I see these people that play with snakes and things, and oh man, that's there's just something unnatural about that. I'm not saying it's a sin to have a pet snake, but good night. You know that's just there's something that's just weird about that. I don't know if y'all heard about that preacher out in West Virginia the other day, one of them snake handling churches. He got bit, and he didn't have enough faith. <laughs> he died. And you know the crazy part about that story, and I know we shouldn't laugh at that, but I'm sorry. You know, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. That's not biblical to be handling a poisonous snake in church just to prove you have faith. And the funny thing is, same thing happened to his dad. His dad was one of them snake handling preachers, and I guess he didn't have enough faith either. He got bit and he died. And you know, there's just some folks you can't feel sorry for, <laughs> and that's one. That's one of them. But. There's something about it that God put in us that says, "Hey, we're at war with these things. We're at war with them." I remember uh, when we lived in Utica, we had a lot of snakes in that yard there, and I remember two different times we found the shed skins that they leave, big ones. And I'm telling you, when I saw that, it just it bothered me to death that we got snakes around here. If I find those things, I'm getting rid of them. We're at war. We're at, there's an enmity. And when we're a friend with the world, there's going to be, we're at enmity with God. Not only is He going to be fighting against us, but whether we want to admit it or not, we're fighting against Him. And people don't, people don't realize that. They think, I can pick neutral ground. Countries like Poland thought that during World War II. There was countries that wanted to be neutral. All right, we'll let the Nazis come in, we'll sign treaties with them. And guess what happened? Hitler, he was always making deals with people and going back on them. And then finally people started realizing this guy can't be trusted. This guy is an enemy. And people, they stood up against him. And they fought him. Because guys like them, you got to fight. And the devil's like that. We're not going to be able to make peace with them. It's, it's all or nothing. And we need to choose the side of God because that's that's the victorious side. But there's things in, of this world. Like I said, it's not just the devil. But there's, there's people in this world, like, and there's uh, movements in this world that we're supposed to be fighting against. I, you know, one thing that just blows my mind, the Mayor Bloomberg in New York, he's wanting to make uh, it illegal for restaurants to sell sodas that are bigger than 16 ounces. we got a war on soda right now. Because it's unhealthy, too much sugar. I mean, we got Michelle Obama going around trying to get soda machines out of the school and candy out of the vending machines and cafeterias. I mean, and I and I listen to that, and I think these same people that are trying to make soda illegal, what do you ever hear them say about alcohol? What do you, Why isn't anybody fine alcohol? Why are these politicians? Why are they so worried about soda? You know, I understand. You know, we've got an obesity problem thing in this country. But you know, what? how many people do you know that have died under the influence of soda? How many people are dying or killing innocent people because they were drinking soda? How many? How many guys have gone home and beat their wives and kids because they were drinking soda? I mean, what in the world? But where? They're all, they're fighting so of these things, and it's all about government control. And they leave alcohol alone. It's all because of the money that's behind it, and it's all because they're all a bunch of drunkards themselves. But the truth is, we're supposed we're not supposed to be at peace with that. You know what I mean i I hate the alcohol alcohol companies. I want them to go out of business. And so you know what I do? I make sure they, I do all that I should do. I make sure they don't get one dollar of my money. You know, if people stop buying it, then they go out of business. You know, I, Unless the government bails them out, and they probably would because they all like it so much. But you know, I'm not going to give them one dollar of mine. Because you know why? As far as I'm concerned, I'm at war with that. I'm going to encourage other people if they're struggling in those areas to be obedient to the Bible and understand that wine is a mocker and strong drink is raging and whoever is deceived thereby is not wise. I'm going to remind people about that. I'm not going to force try to get the government to make laws and things like that. I'm going to try to encourage people to get right and stay away from those things. And if enough people would do that, those places are going to go out of business. Say, well, it will never happen. Well, I can't control what other people can do, but I can definitely control what I do. They haven't got one dollar of mine yet, and they're not going to get one dollar of mine. You know why? We're at war. I don't like those people. When I go into a gas station... You know, sometimes I see the soda guys coming in, they're pushing these dollies and things. You know, I'll hold the door open for the soda guys. Beer guy comes in, I don't bother them, but I'm not helping them get that stuff in there. All right? I'm not, I'm not going to help him out. Sometimes I see them beer trucks and things out there, and I don't do anything. I don't, I'm not going to kill them or nothing, but I just, I'm tempted sometimes to just get in front of them and drive slow or, you know, but they're usually bigger than I am and they can just run me off the road. But, you know, I, I don't like what they're doing. I don't I don't I don't believe in it I'm not for it and it's that's destroying lives and it just it does it blows my mind all this talk about soda all the time it just irritates the snot out of me and I'm thinking we've got a much worse problem with the alcohol and they all just keep sign on that and it's because they're all involved in it and it doesn't make any sense but I think about the Hollywood crowd and the things that they're pushing all the time i mean just shoving homosexuality down our throats i mean portraying it as something that it's not making it look like this you know great natural normal wonderful thing just shoving it down our throats shoving immorality down our throats i mean it's it's they make it seem so normal and so wonderful to have you know teenagers and unmarried people living in adulterous and fornicating relationships. And they make it, just, they make it out to be something that's not. They're, all, they're always pushing immorality down our throats. I think about the fashion designers of this world constantly designing things and trying to basically get people to wear less and less. You'd think fashion designers would want people wearing more and more if they could make more money. But they don't. And they, they are pushing the unisex stuff down our throats. Getting guys to look more like girls and girls to look more like guys. And you know what? I'm I'm aware with that stuff. So I don't, I'm not trying to get our government to push legislation to make it illegal, but I make sure I don't buy any of that stuff. I buy clothes that look like they're for men. I don't buy girly men clothes. I'm not going to I'm not going to buy that stuff. I you know, I I'm not going to buy my girls stuff that makes them look more like a boy or just makes them look sensual or in a way that they shouldn't be, I'm not going to do that. As far as I'm concerned, I want them to go out of business. They're not getting $1 of mine. I'll find someplace that's selling decent clothes. And I'll get my clothes from there. And if all else fails, one place you can always get decent clothes is from the Mormons. <laughs> Unfortunately, they're one of the only groups that are are dressing right, and they've got they've got some pretty good stuff. You can get my cousin; uh, he was out preaching out west where there's a lot of Mormons, and he was like, "Man, great place to shop out there. You can buy suits real cheap, even suits for kids." He was telling me all he was telling about all these clothes that they were getting real cheap out there from the Mormons, and it's like, man, you know. Why do they have to be doing that? You know, it ought to be the Baptists that are known for that. But we we need to realize that, hey, we're not we're we're at war with the world. Now we're not at war with individuals. I said I'm not I'm not going to go picking on individuals. If I see somebody that's out on the streets and they're not dressed right, I'm not going to go and get in a fight with them. They don't know any better. That's what they've been taught. They haven't been taught the Scriptures. All right, they're, not, they're not going to get that. If I'm going and calling people out on that, I'm just being ignorant. They don't know any better. That's not being taught. All that stuff's constantly being shoved down the throat. I believe a lot of these people, especially some of these young kids, they're innocent. They don't know any better. Nobody's taught them, but there are. But at the same time, we need to make sure that we set an example. That because we have been taught, because we do know, that we set a good example. That we show people, hey, this is how it's supposed to be done. While Hollywood is promoting the immorality all the time and promoting, you know, just living in adulterous relationships and things like that, we need to show them that hey, you're not going to find happiness that way. This is how you're going to find happiness. Stay pure until you're married. Wait until God brings the right one along. We we need to show people exact. We need to show them how it's done when it comes to disciplining kids. Don't follow the Hollywood example. You know what the Hollywood example leads to? Exactly what we have in the society today. We need to show people. We need to set the example. They're not being taught. And so when I say we're at war with the world, I said you're not going to see me out in the streets being mean to people and being ignorant, but I can promise you one thing, you will see me living in my own personal life different than what the world's doing. And you know what? When we do that when they see... The success that comes from that, hopefully there will come a time where they will ask. And we can take the Bible and we can show them and get them on the right path. But if we try compromising, if we try seeing how much we can get away with being like the world, then people aren't going to be able to tell the difference. And there needs to be a difference. Because what the world's doing is not working. It's not working. If things are getting worse. So peace with the world, according to the Bible, according to what we talked about in First John this morning, according to what we read in James 4 here, is to be at war with God. I'm sorry whether you like it or not. Peace with the world means war with God. But also, we're not supposed to be at peace with the flesh. To be at peace with the flesh is to be at war with the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, and read two verses, verse 16 and 17. It says, This I say then walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. This goes along a lot with what we talked about this morning. There are two things at war inside of us. The flesh and the Spirit. They're constantly at war with each other. They're constantly fighting each other. Our flesh is constantly going to be leading us away from the things of God. The Spirit is going to lead us away from the things of the flesh. And many people today, they're trying to please this flesh and satisfy this flesh all the time. They want to be at peace in the flesh, but to do that you're going to be at war with the Holy Spirit of God. He's not going to give you peace. He's not going to he's not going to let you feel good when you are going when you're when you're trying to please this flesh. Listen, some of the things that we talked about before, the alcohol crowd or the Hollywood or even some of the fashion things that people get involved in, it's all appeals to the flesh if you try satisfying your flesh first of all you need to realize it cannot be done it can't, you can't satisfy the flesh so we, we, what you have to do is you've got to surrender to that Holy Spirit say hey I'm going to stop fighting you Lord I'm going to stop fighting you I want to be at peace with you and then you know what when you do said so you're still going to be in a battle but boy, when you get in that, when you get in that battle, and you get on the side of the Holy Spirit, He'll give you victory over the flesh. He will. You'll be able to say, start saying no to things that you weren't able to say no to before. You'll be able to start getting victory in your life. But it's tough. But things of the flesh that we are peace with, some of those things, things like immorality. Listen, some of the lust of the flesh and things that are out there, that people are getting involved in. Is it our flesh? desires those things but we've got to recognize that wait a minute we're not to give in to our enemy you know once you once you give up certain freedoms it is very very difficult to get it back I think about back when our founding fathers founded this country it was a very difficult fight that they had to give to, so we could have the freedom that we have today But those guys realize that if we give up certain freedoms, it can be almost impossible to give them back. And we, in our country right now, we are giving up freedom left and right. I mean, it's ridiculous the freedom that we're just giving up. Giving more and more control to our government. And the thing is, once we do it, we're probably not going to get it back. We could. But it probably isn't going to be without some bloodshed or without some very difficult times ahead. You do not want to give up freedom as a country, but spiritually, you don't want to give up that freedom. We don't want to give in to the flesh, because once you get involved in certain things, it's hard to get out of it. I think you know the immorality. It's people that are, I mean the, the immoral behavior that's going on in this world today. I mean it's out of control. And people can't seem to get victory over it. I mean, it's amazing how many different addiction programs and things are out there. I mean, addiction for everything. I mean, they've got addiction programs now for people who are addicted to the Internet. I mean, they're on it so much. Addicted to gambling. I just heard a story on the radio about a young man who went and on his on his iPhone or something like that, he went and downloaded a poker app and used his dad's credit card information everything started playing poker on there lost $10,000 $10,000 on his dad's credit card and I thought good night listen th- you know those things, there's going to be temptations but people they get addicted to that stuff and they'll just throw money away in these casinos I see people all the time I'll be in the gas station and people you know they'll come driving up and junky cars and wearing junky clothes and you see them in there buying cigarettes buying lottery tickets I mean buying a lot of them and I'm thinking what a waste of money why would why would you do this and, I, and the Casey's gas station I get mad over that I go in there and they'll ask me if I want to buy a lottery ticket They're I mean they're pushing that stuff down your throat you know why? You know, Lottery companies, they're not just going to give money away because they feel good. They, when they give that money away, it's because a whole lot of people lost. That's why they're able to give away those mega millions because so many people are throwing away their money and they're addicted to that stuff. And every time, every time they do that, I say it just because I'm aggravated that they ask me, I say all gamblers die broke. That's what I tell them. I don't say yes or no. I say all gamblers die broke. I heard that one time on a movie. And I thought, I thought that was a good statement. And that's what I do. I say There's people in line. They're probably getting ready to buy them. And I say all gamblers die broke. I do it in a nice way. but. People are they're addicted to everything these days. You know why? Because they're, they're trying to be at peace with this flesh. They're trying to satisfy their flesh. And your flesh can't be satisfied. I mean, they've got plenty to eat. They've got a place to live. They've got clothes on their back. But they want more. They need more. I need millions and millions of dollars. Why? Why? Listen, I understand. What I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind millions and millions of dollars. But you know what? I'm not going to do things like gambling, or I'm not going to do things like breaking the law or anything like that, so I can get rich. If I'm going to get it, I'm going to do it in an honest way. And but people, they want to please that flesh. People, I mean, just habitually lazy these days. They thinking I'm going to please my flesh. They're they're scared of hard work. They're scared of doing some of the things that they need to do because they want to please that flesh. Materialism. Thinking if I just have certain things, that will bring me peace. If I have that you know, 50-inch TV, you know, listen, that's not going to bring satisfaction. You're going to want the 60-inch TV. And then you're going to want the 70 inch TV and it's not going to be enough. you're going to have to go pay all that money to go into the theater so you can watch it on some big screen. and it's not going to be big enough. you're going to have to go to Chicago and go to the IMAX because we need it's always got to be bigger and it's always got to be better and people just you can't satisfy your flesh and it's, it's ridiculous what people will spend on these things. and I'm not against spending money. But boy, when you're complaining, just if you're spending money on all that stuff, you listen. If you got money to spend on lottery tickets, you got more money than I do. <laughs> I'm sorry. Would, I don't listen. I work too hard for my money. I'm not going to throw it away. And the truth is, people they don't really have the money for these things. It's just they're trying to satisfy that flesh. And to them, they understand that they, they they're smart enough. They know the math. They know that gambling, they're probably going to lose. But they want—it's just—it's that hope that they get. Well, what if? Well, I'm not—I like said I'm not going to waste my money on that. Your flesh can't be satisfied, and the truth is, even if you did win the lottery, you're going to be like most people—you're going to be broke in a few years, and worse off than you ever were. You know why? Because this flesh can't be satisfied, and people—they—they they go and they—they they think. I'm going to finally give myself everything I've ever wanted, trying to make peace with their flesh. It's not going to happen. I, I, I wish I could tell you, you know, you, there's a way that you can go and just live a life of ease and comfort. But no, we're at war with this flesh. And I, I, I believe, I believe it was David who said, "I will be satisfied when I awake in thy likeness." That's not going to come until we're in heaven with Christ. But in the meantime, we're in a battle. There's coming a day where it's going to end. There's coming a day where we're not going to be in that battle anymore. We will be in heaven where we will be like Christ, where we no longer will have the desires of this flesh that we've got to deal with. But in the meantime, we're at war. We're in a fight. And people are thinking, I can be at peace right now, but I'm sorry, you can't. We're called to fight right now. And we need, we need to fight this flesh. That's why it's good, I believe, uh, to do things like fasting. Go it one day without eating. You know why? We've got to learn to just get control over this flesh. Is it a sin to eat? No. But we need to learn to tell ourselves no. Maybe if you fast for a day, or uh, two days or three days, whatever it is, if you st- maybe you'll start getting enough discipline that you'll be able to start saying no to some of the things you shouldn't be getting involved in. Yo, I mean, you learn to overcome the temptation of eating. You know, just for one, it's not. It's not you're not. Nobody's gonna die. You're, you're not gonna die if you go one day without eating. But you think you will. You know why? Because our flesh is so spoiled. I mean, Jason just the other day, we were waiting for the pizza to come, and he was about to have a fit because it was taking a long time. Like he was gonna die. I know he's a kid. I'm not gonna make him go a day without eating. But you know what? He wouldn't die. He'd survive. It takes several days before you die of starvation. But why? Why do we go crazy? Why do we get so grumpy? Why? Because we're just stinking spoiled. Our, we're, our flesh is just spoiled, rotten. And we've got to, we've got to learn to overcome it. We've got to learn to have some discipline. And if you can learn to go a day saying no to food, when it's all around you, you know what? Then you'll learn. You'll be able to start saying no to the things that. God doesn't want us involved in. You'll be able to say no when you're tempted to gamble or when you're tempted to just get caught up in some of the things that we don't need to be caught up in. You'll you'll start to realize things like, you know what? You know, I can go a day without food. You know, there's a lot of things I don't really need. There's a lot of things I can go without. Listen, I'm not against having nice cars or nice house, but you know what? Maybe I don't need that fourteen bedroom house. Maybe I don't need the real fancy vehicle. Maybe I you know, I can get by with the used one. And we start saying we start saying no to things. So some people they just they never tell themselves no and they're just in debt up to their eyeballs and they've got all these nice things but they're miserable because they're under so much stress. And they've got all the nice things but they can't enjoy them. Because they keep, they have to constantly worry about getting the phone calls from those bill collectors. They got to constantly worry about how they're going to pay for these things. And they, ha- and the truth is, they don't have these things. Those things have them, and they can't do the will of God. They can't be there for their family. And certain things. No, I've got, I've got to get that overtime. I've got to make sure I stay at work. You know, they can't give to the house of God because they're, they've, you know, they've got so many bills that they're behind it for things that they don't need. Things that they accumulated trying to satisfy a flesh that cannot be satisfied. We don't want to get in a habit of that. We need to declare war on this flesh. I don't think you ought to be a vegetarian. I said that. I love meat. But you know what? Maybe sometimes. Say, so you know what? I'm going to go a week without meat. Why? Just to like me? If I go one or two days without meat, man... I go crazy. I mean, I feel weak. And the truth is, you can survive without it. But I, I just—I a while back, you might remember, I talked about. I went, I went 42 days without soda. 42 days. Why? Do you think that makes you more spiritual? No. I just wanted to see if I can do it. I want to have control over this flesh. I remember one time we went on our family. We went 30 days. Without television, why? I just wanted to see if we could. I wanted. I, I wanted to make. I just. I wanted to know. Am I addicted to this? Is this controlling my life? I don't. I don't like things controlling me. I don't. I don't want. I don't want to be in bondage on anything. So I, I wanted. To make, I wanted to make sure. I'm just going to do it. Why? Just to see if I can. And let me tell you, I'm weak. As tough as it was. Going 42 days without soda. So I can't imagine if I got addicted to drugs or alcohol or or cigarettes or anything. I, I'd, I'd be in trouble. You know why? Because my flesh is weak. Our spirit's willing. The Bible, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Listen, we we don't want to we don't want to lose any ground when it comes to this battle with the flesh, because we are weak. We've got to draw an eye to God, and He'll draw an eye to us. Just I mean, you ought to read Romans eight sometime. The whole chapter is about that war between the spirit and the flesh. I believe it's Romans chapter eight. It's a great passage to study. And you see in there that this flesh, you just gotta understand it can't be satisfied. You can't please it. So what we need to do is go where there is satisfaction, go where there is victory, and follow the Spirit. Walk after the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And guess what? If we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh, we're not going to have the consequences that come with that. We're not going to have to deal with all the trouble that comes with that. You know what? I'm not under pressure right now trying to figure out how I'm going to pay off my gambling debt. You know why? Because I haven't gambled. I don't, ha- I don't have that. Some people are under great stress with that right now. And many of these rescue missions and things that are there. My dad was talking to somebody from one. They said the, where, the, where they're getting the most people right now. It's not from drugs. It's not from alcohol. It's from gambling. A lot of these people, I mean, people who have good jobs, who make a lot of money, but they get caught up in these things because that flesh is just greedy. I mean, doctors, lawyers, those people got all kinds of money. Why are they, why are they worried about gambling? Because they are just been going after the flesh. Trying to please it. And once you realize that it can be pleased, it will help get you on the right track where you can get real victory. But then finally, we, have, we see peace with the devil. Peace with the devil. To be at peace with the devil is to be at war with Jesus. Peace with the devil. I believe the devil represents lies. The Bible says that he's the father of lies. I mean, the the devil cannot even tell the truth. uh, This morning we talked about how the devil tried tempting Jesus. How he tried getting Him to jump off the pinnacle of the temple. Did you know when the devil was tempting Jesus? You know what he did? He quoted Scripture to Him. He said, He will give His angels charge over thee, and they will bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. He was quoting a verse from Psalms. But even when he quoted the Bible, he was lying. Because that's that's how big of a liar the devil is. And then Jesus, He went and quoted Scripture back to him. But the devil, he's not capable. We read 1 John chapter 2, verse 18-22. We're not going to read it. We talked about it this morning. But how it talks about Antichrist. And it talks about, uh, in verse 22, who is a liar but he that denies that Jesus is the Christ. The devil represents lies. He's the Father. Of all lies. Sometimes people, boy, they'll come up with some pretty impressive lies. And they think, wow, that was pretty good. I'm pretty smart. You didn't come up with that lie. It came from the devil. He's the father of lies. You didn't didn't come up with that. You didn't create that lie. The devil did. It's like politicians, man. They're just full of the devil. I mean, those guys, they just can't tell the truth. They can't. You know, I get aggravated in debates. It's like... I wish they would sometimes just make them do yes yes or no answers. You will almost never hear a politician answer a, a a question with a simple yes or a simple no. They've always got to throw in all this other stuff to just confuse you like crazy, and you never know you don't it's like what did, what did he just say? What did I just hear what What was that that They didn't answer the question at all. No, they they just they lie, they lie and lie and lie, and it's just it's so aggravating. It's and some of them are good at it, so those are usually the ones that get elected. Whoever's better at lying, and I, I believe those. I believe those politicians are very close to the devil. They, you know, they say an honest person can't make it in politics, and I, honestly, I don't. I don't believe that that's true. I think if somebody would come along and just tell the truth, I mean, yeah, he'd get bashed by the news media for sure. I mean, he'd get bashed by the other politicians. But I think, I think people'd be excited about it. But peace, people, they want to be at peace with the devil, and the way that they do that, if you're going to be at peace with the devil. What you have to do, the way you do that, it's not by saying, alright, I'm going to start reading the Satanic Bible and going to Satanism. No, that's not what it is. All you have to do is just start accepting lies. For example, Galatians chapter 1, verse 6 says, "...I marvel that ye are so soon removed from Him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ." But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. In other words, when somebody is accursed, in other words, that means they're going to hell. If anybody comes along and preaches anything other than what comes from this Bible, understand, let him be accursed. Have the attitude that that person is on their way to hell. I better you don't want to listen to somebody that's on their way to hell. Listen, you don't just like you don't want to go and get marriage advice from somebody who's been married 14 times, alright? They're probably not going to help you out very much. And you don't want to get advice on how to get to heaven from somebody who's on their way to hell. And how do we know if they're on their way to hell? Well, is their message lining up with the Bible? And we don't receive another gospel. Many people, they've said, you know what? You know, some of these other Bibles, they're not too bad. They make it easier to understand. You know, they're a little more, you know, with the times, they don't put down homosexuality, they're gender neutral, you know, they're all these things. Hey, we're not supposed to receive another gospel. There is no there isn't another gospel. There's only one gospel. And people have said, you know what, let's we're not gonna we're not gonna get too hung up on this King James thing. You know, if people want to use other Bibles, that's fine. We want to be at peace. That causes that causes fighting when we start talking about the Word of God. Oh well. We're not going to accept lies around here. We're not going to do that. We're going to accept the truth. We're not going to give in to the lies of the devil. The people, they peace with the devil... All right, let's start accepting other Bibles. Let's allow lies. We don't want to put down the Koran. You know that's that's just being racist. You know and being racist against the Muslims. No, it's not. It's not. Don't let people ever accuse you of that. But let's accept false Bibles. Let's accept false prophets. Matthew chapter seven verse fifteen says, "Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves." We're not going to accept false prophets in order to be at peace. Well, let's make peace. Let's make peace with the Jehovah's Witnesses. Let's let a Jehovah's Witness come and preach. I heard. I heard somebody they were talking about a church that they went to go candidate at, or they were they were looking for a pastor, and he was just going. He just wanted to go and fill in. And he said that you know he didn't want a pastor. He was just going to go fill in. But he came there, and they kept telling him he was candidating and things. And fine, he's like fine. I'll candidate for you. But here's the thing, if you want me to be your pastor, this is how it's going to be. And one of the things that they did in that church is every month they would have somebody from another religion come and preach in their church, in a Baptist church. And he said, first of all, that's not going to happen. If anybody's gonna come, it's the only people they're gonna preach behind this pulpit are other fundamental Baptists. If we're not we're not gonna accept that, but they were trying to be at peace and be friendly with all the other churches and wrote it's like, no. We're not gonna do that. Jehovah's Witness isn't gonna come here and preach. I'm not gonna go call one of the Catholic priests here in town and say, hey, we want to hear your point of view. We wanna be friends. We're all let's you know, we're all God's children. You know, let's let's just all come. And let's get all the religions together and let's all sing kumbaya. No, we're not going to accept false prophets. If they're preaching another gospel, we're not. Listen, if an angel shows up in town and's doing all these miracles and preaching another gospel, we're not supposed to receive it. Because Satan himself can be transformed into an angel of light. Satan is an angel. He was an angel before he became Satan. We don't accept. False prophets. I'm not saying that every religion that's out there, you know, other than Baptists, are all a bunch of wolves in sheep's clothing. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that there are more false prophets than there are true prophets. And that's why you know, we're not going to go getting everybody from other religions to come in here and preach and get their point of view. We're not supposed to receive another Gospel at the expense of being at peace with them. We're not going to be at peace with the lies. So, I'm not going to go throwing rocks through other people's churches. I'm not going to go standing outside holding signs, you know, telling people not to go to that church. People have a right to go wherever they want. But at this church, we're going to stand for the truth. And if they're preaching that you can go to heaven through Mary or you can get to heaven through baptism or good works, that's a lie. We're not going to be at peace. But also, you know, just false religions or false doctrines. Well, you know, we're close. You know, they believe in Jesus. But, you know, they've, they've got this one belief, you know, that you can lose your salvation. You know, we can, we can be at peace with that. We're not going to be at peace with false doctrines. We're not going to be at peace with lies. We are against the devil. He is the father of lies. that's a harsh word. That's a mean word. Well, you've heard what we've been talking about in 1 John. If it's not the truth, it's a lie. If somebody's not telling the truth, they are a liar. That sounds mean. Well, the Bible says we're at war with these things. And you know what? War is not usually nice. And let me tell you, y'all, you know, I don't want us to be a mean church. I, th- I think I'm a nice guy. I think. Sometimes I can be mean, especially behind the wheel if I get behind slow driving and stuff. You know, don't ask my wife about that. But when it comes... Church things. Now listen. I'm nice to people. When I go out knocking on people's door and they say I'm from such and such a church, I don't. I'm not mean to them. I don't stand there telling them they're on their way to hell. I, I don't. I don't do that. But at the same time, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna stand there and tell these people that they're wonderful. I'm not gonna go and try to make them feel good about it. If they ask me. If they want to know about our religion, about what the Bible says, if they question, I'm going to tell them the truth. I'm not said. I'm, we're not at war. I talked about this morning. We're not at war with people. Okay, we're not supposed to be getting in fights with people. But we are at war with the world in the sense of worldliness. We're in a battle against our own flesh. We're at war. We're, we're, there's a war, whether you like it or not. There's a war taking place in your between your flesh. And the Holy Spirit, if you're saved. And we are definitely at war with the devil. We are at war with lies. We are, God has called us to proclaim truth. Why do we need to proclaim truth? Why do we need to go out and tell people about it? Why do we need to stand strong? Because there's a whole lot more people lying than that are telling the truth. And somebody's somebody's gotta do it. We gotta be loud about it. Because people need to hear the truth. They're being led to destruction. It's it's ridiculous how. Many people, I mean, when you hear the numbers of people that are on drugs and that are involved in many of these things that we talk about tonight, it's it's horrible. And the truth is, these people, they're just trying to find some peace. That's why people do drugs. That's why people get drunk. They're just trying to find a little bit of peace. And they've been told that they can find it in those things. And yeah, you'll get a few minutes, but here's the thing you're going to wake up in more bondage than you were ever in. Now you've got a new thing that you've got to fight. And the truth is, while it made you forget your problems for a little while, once you sober up, those problems are still there. And many times worse than ever. And people, they're just looking for some peace. They don't know Christ. We need to be compassionate on them. We need to care about him. I personally believe many times when we go to war, when we've gone to war with other countries, it was an act of compassion. Can you imagine living under a brutal dictator? I think about guys like Saddam Hussein and what he did to his own people. I mean, those people, a lot of them were—they should have been thrilled to death when we came over there and we got rid of him. I can't imagine living under a dictator. Can you imagine if Hitler would have gotten his way? It would have been horrible. And it was an ugly battle that was fought Many people gave their lives. But I believe it was worth it. Because that because we were able to have real peace. We could have signed peace treaties. Say most of them peace treaties. You know, they're always trying to get these people out in the Middle East and you know, the Israelis and Palestinians to sign these peace treaties and things, and all it is is a big photo op. Those people are never going to be at peace with each other, not until the Antichrist comes. He'll bring peace for a little while. Everybody just just so everybody will think he's great and do whatever he says to do. But then it's only going to be leading up to one of the biggest war, through the biggest war that there's ever been. And we've just we've got we've got to realize that that we can't have peace with the world, flesh, and the devil. It will end up leading in bondage to bondage for you. So let's all stand together tonight. The heads bowed, eyes closed.